Welcome to Unity of Tucson. There's something that kind of was resonating and, and rattling around in my brain to, uh, this week, and uh, it, it started. It, I started thinking about like when I go to and when I go out. Do you ever go out? When I go out and, and, and I meet new people, say I go to a party. I was going to say a cocktail party. Who has cocktail parties anymore? But if I go to a party of some sort and I meet new people, ever, anyone have that experience? It can be uncomfortable, right? And, and here's why. Because you're not really sure what to talk about, so we engage in this thing called small talk. Right? Small talk. And I don't have any issue with small talk. It's a great way to ask some basic questions and get to know people. But what is inevitably one of the questions that always gets asked? What do you do? I, see, I, you're, you're, you're right with me today. What do you do? And oftentimes now, in my mind, my inner response when somebody asks me what do you do is to say in my, in, within to go, okay, here we go. <laughs> Because there are a lot of stereotypes around what it is to be a minister. And the minute you say you're a minister, oh gosh, all of a sudden everybody has something that they're going to tell you about, about their experience in the church. And I'm totally fine with that. I'm totally fine with that. Um, but it is a little bit like, okay, I'm going to now be met with a perception, a stereotype about who I am based on one word, minister. Now, I've already mentioned my husband. Now, imagine I go into a party where there are members of the LGBTQIA community, and they have a very, very specific relationship, many of them, to church, and they hear you're a gay minister. Well, now that brings up even more stereotypes, right? Now, here's the thing. We are all living as the expressions of our authentic selves, but we are being met sometimes with people seeing us as stereotypes. Think about that. Whether you identify with a stereotype or you don't, people perceive you within the construct of a stereotype, an idea, a preconceived notion that they have in mind. Now, the thing that ends up happening is uh, I will say I'm a minister. They will tell me about their church experience, and then they try to change the topic really quickly because, you know, the things you never talk about in, in, uh, in company are politics and religion, <laughs> right? But those who don't, change the topic, and some of them don't change the topic. Here's what ends up happening. They spend a lot of their energy working to convince me that their spiritual path is the way. And I like to believe that I'm not doing the same. I like to believe that I'm not doing the same, but there's that part of me that goes, oh, but if you only understood, right? You ever have that experience? But if you only understood the power that you are, if you only understood that you are this infinite power and presence that we call God, if you only understood that, you would release all those limited notions of, the, of what you're telling me, and you could step into your magnificence, right? That's all happening inside, and I'm usually just going, hmm. <laughs> One of the things that truly, uh, that, that truly attracted me, uh, when I, so when I first came into the, the New Thought movement, and um, before I became a minister, 
but was going to, going to a spiritual center every single Sunday. What really attracted me is that I fell into it seemingly by accident. Now, remember I said before, you're here on purpose whether you think you are or not. Well, the t- when the student is ready, the teacher will appear, and that's what happened in my life. But what it did not require was anyone outside proselytizing to say, I'm going to convince you that you must show up at church, right? We don't do that. We don't do that. We, 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 we actively invite leaders in our community to not go out and proselytize. Because we do believe you are going to be on the spiritual path that is right and perfect for you. And if you are attracted to this community, then you will find your way to this community. You will. That's the way the universe works. The universe is always working in alignment and accordance with perfect flow and order. That's what we teach. Not everybody believes it, and that's okay. So I don't actively try to convert anyone. And in fact, often, like even in class, um, I talked in class recently to say, uh, the thing about new thought is that we were never meant, unity was never meant to be a religion. Religious science was never meant to be a religion. Divine science was never meant to be religion. Those are the three major movements underneath the new thought umbrella. We were never meant to be a religion. This was not part of the construct to create churches out in the world. What it was, it was a philosophy that could work in in cooperation with your religious belief. Because we only teach two things. We teach that God is all there is and that the universe is unfolding based on the law of cause and effect. And that is a divine thing. God is all there is. That's it. It's the only thing that exists. And if that is the only thing that exists, well, we take it a little step further and we teach that if that's all that exists, then we must be part of that because we are part of all that exists. Traditional people, they don't want to hear that. That's okay. But there is power within understanding and accepting that. You know, so I don't actively try to convert, although, like I said, there is always that very effusive voice in the back of my head, remember? But if you only... That's in the back of my head as I think to myself, oh, the philosophy that I have adopted in my life can work for you. It can. But you, you need to make the decision. Even as you come in here, even as this community, is, as, as we come in here every single Sunday, we are making another decision to actively engage in a spiritual philosophy that upholds the understanding that you are magnificent. And it's not because of anything you do. It is just who you are. And you matter in this world because you exist. That's the truth. So I'm constantly weighing this balance, right, as I've said before, of trying to express what it is we teach, the principles we teach, and I differentiate that from what I believe. And you get to decide what you believe. And you get to decide within that belief construct if it is in alignment with the principles we teach. That's what I love about this philosophy. I'm not here to tell you what to believe. I'm not here to tell you what to think. I'm here to invite and inspire from within you something that motivates you, that inspires you into action in your life. But you get to decide what it is you believe. That's why last week's homework, what is something you believe? 
Why do you believe it? Is it something you want to continue to believe? And if it's not something you want to continue to believe, what might you replace that belief with? We get to decide at all times what our beliefs are. Now, not everybody believes that, but we do. We get to decide all the time. And we are deciding all the time whether or not we are upholding our beliefs or dismantling our beliefs. So, part of my approach is to step back actively, to actively step back and leave room for you. I say a lot, you know, I talk a lot. I don't know if you've noticed that, <laughs> especially on a Sunday. I talk for about 20 minutes, usually in my message. Sometimes it's 25, sometimes it's an hour and 25 minutes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Although someday, maybe. What I choose to do is to invite you into learning the principles intellectually, then stepping back actively and leaving room for you to discover what it means to you, to discover God on your own. Am I leaving room for that to unfold? Is then the question, am I allowing room for that to unfold? Or is there a little judgment on my part? And this is a good question for all of us to ask ourselves. Am I allowing someone to have their journey of discovery? Or is there a little judgment on my part that they're not doing it fast enough, that they don't understand, that they're not getting there? Well, here's the issue with that. There's a challenge in that. And that is not a loving embrace of someone's spiritual journey. And so this month, as we celebrate love, I'm going to invite us all to deepen into what it is to actually love. And that, one of the aspects of loving is allowing someone to be on the journey that they are on. To be on the journey that they are on without our opinion, without our judgment, to allow someone the flexibility and the freedom to explore because that is what we are here to do, to encourage exploration. Now, part of the challenge with the New Thought philosophy is that it's relatively unknown in the grand scheme of things, right? I mean, have any of you ever gone out and said, I'm part of unity, and people go, what is that? Is that Unitarianism, right? That's usually what we get, right? That's usually the response. And, and, and while you can see the correlations within the philosophies, we are not Unitarianism. We are unity. Well, what is that? It's part of the new thought world. Uh, it's part of the new thought umbrella. What is new thought? <laughs> In these conversations, typically, as then people then start to tell me what their philosophy is, what becomes abundantly clear often is that they are putting God outside the self, right? That's okay. God is out there. And then I go, how can you possibly believe that? <laughs> See the judgment? It's very easy for that to happen, right? So my work, my work, and it is work. It's, it's work. What do I always say, William? This stuff is work until you embody it, and then it becomes a habit, and then it's no longer work. But part of it is you have to do the work to live the results. So my work, in the most loving way I can, 
is to be the most loving individual I can be to be open and release judgment. That's a big call for a lot of people. There's a program that I uh, led this time last year. Winnell was part of it. Uh, a number of people in this community were part of it called Mental Muscle. And each week you're given a directive and a theme that you work on throughout the week. It's a 16-week program. That's right, four months that you are with me. And here's the thing, it's 7.30 a.m. twice a week that you join me and I, we work together through these directives. Well, week 15 is no judgment week. And it's towards the end because really we're working to build up to no judgment week. And we get to that week and it's almost like the whole thing comes crashing down like, oh my gosh, I can't judge anymore. I have to actually start recognizing when I am stepping into judgment. Yes. Yes. One of the most loving practices that we can ever engage in is to release all judgment. Simple idea, not always easy to do. So the conversation unfolds in these experiences. What do you think about God? Well, there are two ways, of course, to think about God. I've already talked a little bit about them. One is to think of God without, God outside the self. Now, here's the issue that I have with this idea that God is potentially outside the self, is that if God is outside the self, then the whole point and purpose of our spiritual trash, I was going to say spiritual trash, That is not what I meant. The whole point and purpose of our spiritual path is to desperately try to reunite with God. If God is outside the self, then the path is always trying to reunite with something that we perceive outside the self. But here's the thing. As long as we continue to perceive it outside the self, we will never unite. We will never be in Unity with our inherent wholeness. And if it is outside the self, well, then typically what happens is it causes us to be in supplication to that thing out there. As though when we pray, prayer must go somewhere to be answered. So that's God outside the self. So the second part of this is God, recognizing that God is inherent, God is within, God is the full expression of us. And as we align our hearts and our minds with this, in this, then there's nothing to reunite with or find ourselves in supplication to. For when we know who we are, what is there? but to live that wholly. If God is within, we cannot beg for anything outside the self. So if God is within, what would we be begging God to do? God is us. We'd be begging ourselves for something. Well, we get to provide everything rooted in the inherent knowingness that is at the core of our being. Our work, the work, is to embody. 
to so deeply understand that every fiber of our being, every cell, every molecule, every atom, every subatomic particle that makes up the beingness of our physical presence, all of it, 100% of it, is God, source, energy. When we truly accept that, when we embody this understanding, then you know what? What we find is that as we pray, the answer to the prayer is contained within the prayer. And all we are doing is aligning ourselves. That's love. That is love. I think that's probably what you experienced yesterday at this quantum healing experience, to find that love so deeply rooted and so expressed as our physical beingness and understanding that they are one and the same, that we cannot help but be a healing presence in this world. Love is knowing the truth of our beingness and behaving accordingly. Emily Cady explains love in this way. God is love. We cannot see love nor grasp any comprehension of what love is except as love is closed clothed with a form. All love in the universe is God. Each and every one of us is love clothed in form. We are the clothing of the divine. We are what the divine decides to put on in the morning to go and express its magnificence in the world. The clothing our inner wholeness wears is our expression. And we are constantly making choices. Our divine selves are constantly making choices about which outfit to wear that day. And it gets to show up in myriad ways. It shows up in ways that don't feel so good sometimes. It's still the power of love expressing itself. So what outfit are you going to wear today? What outfit are you going to decide to wear as the full expression of love that you inherently are? We are constantly making decisions about how to show up in the world. In this moment, you are making a decision, whether you are aware of it or not, about how you choose to be in the world, in this experience. Are we showing up aligned with and expressing as our inherent self, which is love, or are we choosing something else? God, source, energy, spirit, whatever you choose to call it, it is thinking through our thought. It is expressing through our action, and this creates an intimacy with God as God. God is personal. And we get a bad rap because we make God fairly impersonal in the teaching, but God is abundantly personal. God is that intimacy into me. See. I see you. I recognize you. I love you. That's intimacy. To recognize the God inherent in every single person you encounter. That's how I choose to know God as love. I choose to clothe myself in the expression of love 
And it is in this deepest sense of intimacy that our spiritual work is most effective. For when we are aligned with knowing who we are, love only comes naturally. Forgive everything comes naturally. And the answer to our prayer is always met in action in the world. Our minds, filled with love, express more effectively than those who only rely on a mechanical understanding of this principle. Love is the intuitive knower within, so let us choose today to clothe ourselves accordingly. Be the greatest expression of love that you can be because it is the core of who you are. Peace and blessings to you. You are magnificent. So the homework this week, as we love only, is three practices. Three practices. One, this week, act on what you need rather than what you want. Go on an exploration of looking at what it is you need rather than what you want and act on what you need rather than what you want. You get to let wisdom inform you and you get to decide what it is too. That's number one. Number two, an act of love is allowing ourselves to set boundaries, knowing what is yours to say yes to, knowing what is yours to say no to. Number three, live with intention moment to moment. Live with intention moment to moment. That is living purposefully moment to moment and actively allowing your purpose to be the forward-moving factor of your life. Let your decisions support your purpose. And if you're not certain what your purpose is, that's okay. Take time to explore that this week. So act on what you need, set boundaries, and live with intention moment to moment. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.